This is the Heartland Daily Podcast. everyone and welcome to the podcast. This is Anne-Marie Schieber from Healthcare News. You know, last time on the podcast, we discussed the idea whether Obamacare was designed purposely to fail. Uh, You know, the idea being that it would frustrate people so much that they would be begging the federal government to take over all of it. Uh, This week, we're going to look at that question in a slightly different way. Was Obamacare purposely designed to weed out sick people? Uh, joining me this week is the co-publisher of Healthcare News, John C. Goodman of the Goodman Center for Public Policy Research. Always good to have you back on the podcast, John. Glad to be with you. <laughs> so, John, you wrote about this in this op-ed, and you point out that Obamacare was sold to the public as health insurance that would be affordable. That's why it's called the Affordable Care Act, and something that would not exclude people with pre-existing conditions. Now, we are about 10 years into this. Uh, those two things, affordability and guaranteed coverage, did those change? No. What we have to remember is that um, Obamacare was really designed to insure the uninsured. That was all it was designed to do. But uh, as uh, it worked its way through Congress, uh, the Democrats began to realize that uh, the uninsured don't vote. And it was Chuck Schumer who pointed out that 95% of all the people who vote on Election Day already have insurance. And so they were getting prepared to spend billions of dollars on people who weren't going to vote for them. So then the message changed, and they tried to communicate to people who had employer-provided health insurance that they should be worried because if they got too sick to work and went into the individual market, they could be denied coverage. And this was the message, pre-existing conditions, and we heard it over and over again. But there was nothing in the bill to deal with sick people. In other words, they didn't provide for additional doctors, no additional hospitals, no additional medical equipment, no nothing in the bill that said, if you're really sick, here's what we're going to do for you. The only purpose of the bill was just to insure the uninsured. So <laughs> it was a marketing gimmick. It really wasn't any uh, done out of any compassion for people who are really sick and truly need health care and need some assistance, possibly. Um, so do you think that, you know, they knew about this going in, that this would be impossible to take care of these very, very sick people? And do you think they purposely designed a health insurance plan that would be uh, affordable in you know, their eyes because you're not paying, taking care of sick people? Did they design it this way? Uh, no, I think the average Democrat in Congress had no idea what he or she was voting for. Uh, and that's not unusual. In this case, we had a very, very complicated bill. It was written by special interests. It wasn't really written by President Obama or the Democratic leadership. And so special interests uh, sat around the table and, and, and designed a, a bill, which was good for them. Uh, but um, what happened was uh, the market quickly had a race to the bottom in which uh, the insurers found that it's profitable to attract healthy people and not profitable to attract a, a sick person. So if we look at the market today, 
if you're healthy and you have middle income, average income, your average age, uh, it, your options have never been better. Uh, President Biden himself said that 80 percent of the people uh, for 80 percent of them in this market, health insurance is free or no more than ten dollars a month. But if you're sick, your options have never been worse. And you can be hit with thousands and thousands of dollars of out-of-pocket costs. And this bill does not, the Obamacare does nothing to protect you very much. All right, let's break it down a little bit and look at these two different categories of patients. Now, if you're healthy, individual or family, and you need to buy insurance on the individual market, let's say you're not working in a job that where you get employer insurance, um, how much would an Obamacare plan cost? And, and what would that coverage look like? We just picked an example of $70,000 because that's uh, about the average household income in the United States. And for our uh, Dallas zip code, uh, this family uh, pays no premium at all. For a family of four, they get health insurance literally for free. And if everybody stays healthy, the only medical care they need is preventive care. And it turns out that by law, that's free as well. So they get free health care. But if, uh, let's say they have two children, they have birth defects and lots of medical expenses, then they have $9,100 deductible for each of the two children. So the total medical expense for this family will be $18,200 every single year. And if for some reason they don't get a subsidy on the premium, that's another twelve or $13,000. So this family could be hit with medical costs that are almost half its annual income, uh, even though it's all done under Obamacare. Obamacare seems like it's designed to penalize people who earn more money because, you know, the more you make, the more you disqualify yourself from the government subsidies that pay for these pretty costly Obamacare premiums. Uh, the subsidies that allow you to get nearly free health insurance, as President Biden puts it. There are huge penalties in Obamacare for earning income. So let's go back to our family that was earning $70,000 a year. They have sick children. They're paying $18,200 in medical expenses. Suppose this family only earned 60000 Well, at 60000 their children qualify for CHIP or Medicaid, and so all that's taken care of by the government. And since the parents are healthy, uh, their medical costs are zero. So at 60000 zero medical costs. They earn $10,000 more. Now they have to pay $18,200 out of pocket every year. Earn 10000 lose 18200 That's a 182% marginal tax rate. Um, you don't find marginal tax rates like that anywhere in the healthcare system. So... So Obamacare has huge penalties for working and earning an income, and there's been very little discussion of it uh, uh, in the financial press or anywhere else. You know, the thing about people who are disabled, um, they can't work a lot of times. Their, their work, their income may be sporadic, they may be sick. It's up and down, it's unpredictable. And so, you know, you're talking with people with limited income who now have to shuck out all this money for a plan that's not all that great, probably worse than what they have. Do you, can you kind of talk about what some of like the coverage that was available to this category of patients before Obamacare went into effect? Yes, well, for most people today, if you have serious health care problems that are costly to deal with, 
you would have been better off in the pre-Obamacare system. Uh, as Obamacare is not, not helping you, it's making you literally worse off. And um, here in Texas, for example, uh, before there was Obamacare, we had a risk pool. If mm. you were denied, very few people were denied coverage, but, but a small, you know, one or two percent. Uh, what happened? You went into the risk pool. You paid uh, in Texas a premium is twice as much as what other people were paying, but less than what you'd be paid today under Obamacare. And um, the coverage that you got was a, a standard Blue Cross plan allowed you to see almost any doctor going to any facility. What's happening today is not only are the out-of-pocket costs for the sick really, really high, but their options uh, are, are very limited. So in Dallas, under Obamacare today, you can't go to University of Texas Health Science Center, which is one of the best medical facilities in the, in the whole world. You can't go to Bader Medical Center in the whole state of Texas with Obamacare. You can't go into MD Anderson Cancer Center down in Houston. So all over the country, People with Obamacare insurance are finding uh, they can't see the best doctors. They can't enter the best hospitals. And this is really bad if you have a, uh, a, a rare problem that needs specialist care. Uh, odds are you're not going to get it. Yeah. Uh, and let's face it, people with significant disabilities, some of them have rare, unusual illnesses, and they have to travel to get specialized care. I, I know this, you know, for several people... Uh, and they try out, they, they go out of state because the doctors that they need just are not in their backyard. Uh, what happens to those people? Let's say they are on Obamacare and on an Obamacare plan. Uh, will that kind of coverage be um, paid for? No. In other words, if you go, the, the networks are very narrow. And if you go out of network, the plan pays nothing. And you could pay thousands of dollars. It doesn't count toward your deductible or your total uh, exposure for the family. Uh, so, um, so this is a uh, is a situation with no exit, if you like. Yeah, your options are pretty limited. So you could maybe, if you're disabled, hopefully maybe find a job that implies uh, that gives you employer insurance where you can get a pretty decent health plan that covers those kinds of things. But again, if you're sick, um, you may not be able to qualify for that kind of employment and get that kind of health insurance plan. So it really puts people in a bind. Um, <laughs> let's talk a little bit about the subsidies that insurance companies get. So you said earlier that this was really written, Obamacare was really written by the special interests, the hospitals, uh, I assume, the insurance companies, big pharma, all of the players who collect on these things. Um, what, what do the insurance companies get out of Obamacare? Has this been a windfall for them? Well, let's look at the overall picture. Uh, the Obamacare subsidies are $60 billion a year added to our healthcare system. And then we have uh, enhanced subsidies that the Democrats in Congress have added on in the last uh, two sessions of Congress. That's an additional $30 billion. So there's 90, almost $100 billion. That's about a thousand dollars per household. Additional money going into the healthcare system every year. And yet there's no evidence of any additional healthcare services being provided. So for the same services we had before, we're paying more money 
And where does that money go? It goes to the insurance companies. It goes to the hospitals and even to some doctors. Now, that doesn't mean that every insurance company gets rich. Um, we uh, uh, Blue Cross started out in, in, in Texas uh, offering a standard plan, and it lost a billion dollars. And then uh, Blue Cross realized that the way that you uh, succeed in this market is you have to offer something that looks like Medicaid. So today, the typical Obamacare plan looks like Medicaid with a high deductible. <laughs> and yeah. that is why uh, a lot of these uh, uh, high-rated institutions won't take Obamacare uh, because it's, um, it, it, it's, it's Medicaid with a high deductible and it's Medicaid-managed care, which means that the hospital, the insurer is going to argue with the hospital over the bill uh, even though the the rate is very low. Yeah. Um, let's talk about a couple of ideas, and, and I'm wondering uh, if you can kind of expound on these, because I know, you know, from your writing, you've talked about certain things. Now, you, you talk about this thing called centers of excellence, where people can maybe have better choices of plans, especially the sick. Um, can you talk about that how we would go about doing that so like instead of giving all this subsidy money it goes right to the hands of right into the hands of the insurance companies right it doesn't go to the the consumer they don't get to shop around it goes right to the insurance companies um what let's talk about some solutions to this what would congress have been better off doing and maybe let's talk about this idea of somehow fixing these exchanges so that consumers could have more choice would that work well, you know, there are only two places in our healthcare system where people make an annual choice of healthcare plans. Their private plans are competing with each other. You have government subsidies, and one of those systems is called Medicare Advantage, and the other is called Obamacare. Medicare Advantage for the elderly and the disabled was created by Republicans. Obamacare was created by Democrats. Uh, I don't want to get too partisan with this, but. But whether you're Republican or a Democrat, it's clear that Medicare Advantage works well. And in Medicare Advantage program, plans can specialize. They specialize in diabetes, heart disease, lung care. And uh, you go into a plan that meets your specialty, and, and that plan's focused on, on that particular set of problems. In Obamacare, insurers are forced to be all things to all patients. And if you have to be all things to all people, you're probably not getting really good at anything. And um, so we can learn a lot from the Medicare Advantage program. Uh, it works much, much better than Obamacare. And why uh, Congress didn't uh, repeat the exercise, why it didn't do for young people what it did for seniors, I don't know, but it should have. Yeah. So maybe like do a risk adjustment system where insurance companies are actually rewarded for taking on the more the people with more significant problems um, because it's working in, in Medicare Advantage. And we know that because people have gravitated to it. It has really grown, right? Half the seniors are in a private Medicare Advantage plan. And it's the only place in the healthcare system where a doctor could be treating a patient and, and, and discovers a change in a patient's condition. Let's say he discovers cancer. So the doctor can then send that information back to the insurer, which in this case would be Medicare, and get a higher premium for the plan. Hmm. That doesn't happen anywhere else. And because it happens in Medicare Advantage, uh, uh, the, the, the special needs plans compete with each other to enroll sick people. 
Whereas nowhere else in the healthcare system does anyone want a sick person. No employer plan, no commercial plan, no Obamacare plan. They're running away from sick people. So then there's no race to the bottom. Um, another idea that has been circulating is to take this $60 billion or whatever, everything that we spend on health care, and divvy it up <laughs> to every person in the country and spread it out equally, just giving the checks right to people and let them shop around. Um, what do you think the insurance market would look like if we were to do something like that? Well, it's much more than $60 billion. Our uh, proposal, which has now been incorporated in a bill in Congress by Pete Sessions and his colleagues, uh, but the idea is to take all the subsidies, including all the subsidies for employer-providing insurance, which uh, we're talking about more than $300 billion a year, take all that money and divide it up and, and give a tax credit to, to everyone who's not in a government program and everyone who has to buy private insurance and um, and and uh, treat everybody equally, and let the market compete. And but but let it compete on a level playing field, not not with distorted incentives, which causes the insurers to want to enroll the healthy and and uh, avoid the sick. Yeah, and employer insurance, while it's considered the premier insurance in the country. Um, you know, let's face it, a lot of people don't understand how it works. First of all, it's money off your compensation. So they're taking your paycheck and paying for something that they think you need, which is health insurance. They also get a tax break on the payroll taxes that they fork out for this. So there's really no, well, there's probably a limit. But um, if you do not have this insurance, you do not get this benefit from the government. <laughs> You're out on your own. You don't get the employer exemption. Um, so it's not fair to a lot of people. And I guess the sessions bill will address that, right? Because everyone's going to be treated the same. Well, that's right. Now, what happened is that, um, when Obamacare was passed, they didn't do anything about the employer market. Now, what happens in the employer market is what the employer spends on you is excluded from your income. So higher income people benefit more from that exclusion because they're in a higher tax bracket. If, if you're uh, uh, working at the minimum wage, uh, you probably your employer's dollars for health care are avoiding uh, the payroll tax and nothing else. Boy, th these are all big issues. And, you know, politicians love to talk about fairness. But healthcare today, with all the government meddling, does not work for so many people in so many ways. Why are politicians not grabbing onto this just simply to win a vote? Well, it's worse than you know. Uh, it's obvious why Democrats don't want to talk about it very much because they created the system uh, and they don't, they don't seem to have an appetite for reforming it. Over on the Republican side, you'd think there'd be a real opportunity here, but the National Party is telling all, for several election cycles, has been telling the candidates not to even talk about health care at all. So it's like there's this grand conspiracy on the part of the two parties not to even talk about this. Neither party's ever held a hearing, not one hearing, on the problems we're talking about today, and yet Obamacare has been there for a decade. So, so the political system is not meeting the needs of the voters the way it ought to be. Well, on that note, now we know what to ask candidates next time they come knocking on our door asking for our vote. John Goodman, thank you. It's always a pleasure to have you on the podcast. You always give such straightforward explanations on this very complicated subject, and we really do appreciate all your work. 
Uh, you'll have to come back on again. Thanks. Take care. John Goodman is the co-publisher of Healthcare News and the founder of the Goodman Institute for Public Policy Research. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in. If you're not already, we invite you to become a regular subscriber to the Heartland Daily Podcast so you can get quick access to free market perspectives on the news of the day. This is Anne-Marie Schieber. 